Welcome to the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy podcast. I'm Declan, the son. And I'm Jane, the mom. Enjoy a drink with us while we tell you some wild stories of the brutal and bizarre variety. Please keep in mind some of our stories might be upsetting to young or sensitive ears. This is the podcast where we talk about brutal crimes, bizarre occurrences, and get you drunk with cocktails themed around one of our stories. To lighten things up, we like to end our time with a chaser. All right. Well, we're really excited to have some guests on our podcast today. This is the Cryptids of the Corn crew. They're going to give us some really brutal and bizarre stories that we're going to be super excited about and just want to introduce them. We've got Justin and Jay. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Hello. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Doing all right. We are fantastic. <laughs> it's not like we haven't been talking for like the last hour. Yeah. So <laughs> we are Cryptids of the Corn podcast. Uh, we like to cover everything from Bigfoot to uh, all the other random um, one-off cryptids. Um, we dabble in some UFO stuff, um, some paranormal things, and then just crazy theories that ties all this stuff together. Um, and Justin comes from a very scientific background, and I come from a very... Uh, Let's just say magical <laughs> thinking background, a free free thinking background. Nice. And so we just, you know, combine our powers and like to share <laughs> stories, like to share the cryptid stories. Why don't you describe what I did for a living? Because it's always makes me laugh. Well, I, when I just uh, Justin was a what, yeah, fishery what, biologist, and he goes around and uh, I guess uh, tests water quality and stuff like that, and sees what kind of fish are in there and. And then he uh, he knows everything about fish and salamanders, more than the average person <laughs> definitely would ever know, and more than the average or the any human should ever know about fish and salamanders. <laughs> it's like an encyclopedia up in his head. Yeah, but I can't, nice. can't remember. We're supposed to be on a show at 3 o'clock. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a give and take with everything. But yeah, like Jay said, we like to, our, our catchphrase is where we're scientific and magical thinking combine. Perfect. <laughs> Best of both worlds. Try to be. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Sorry, we're all hung over, so I'm chugging water. Waking up. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so, like you said, we have a bizarre and we have a brutal story. Um, anybody that has no maybe known us going on over to your guys' site or over to your guys' show has already heard both of these, but to all your guys' listeners, these are not very well known. Mm-hmm. And they're definitely, one of them's our favorite, and then one of them is the most brutal thing we have ever covered on our show. And we did H.H. Holmes. Ooh. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that guy. Yeah. And this is way <laughs> higher level than H.H. Holmes. Oh, shit. Worse than H.H. Holmes? In one, yeah. It only happened once, well, kind of, but the level oh, of crap. just direct violence is. Yeah. Over the top. Oh, my God. So, Jay, you want to do your bizarre story? Yeah. So, this is one of my favorite cryptids, um, especially to talk about. I just really like this one because it's, it's very interesting to me. This happened in 2004 on December 3rd in Mason County, West Virginia, just by the Ohio River. Roughly 18 people driving down the road witnessed this creature. And what they witnessed was a giant uh, flying translucent manta ray 
type figure flying over the trees and over the river. So if you can imagine just like a big ray without the big long tail um, floating in the sky, but it was doing these big, yeah, yeah, these big figure eight patterns. And (gasps) everyone witnessed, or like not everyone, roughly 18 people witnessed this creature doing these figure eight patterns through the sky above their cars, in front of their cars. And then it just slowly drifted off up in the sky and went away. And That's then, fucking weird. Very weird. <laughs> and then the next day, um, a couple, a mom and daughter, were driving down the, a different, uh, in a different county nearby, witnessed the same exact creature doing the same movements. And neither of these um, stories were pub- publicly told until after both of them had witnessed. Then both separate occurrences were told publicly. And it was reported on. So it kind of corroborated each story that neither of them were just making it up because yeah. the people didn't know each other. But they all saw the same exact creature doing the same thing. Yeah, neither story, basically, yeah, neither stories were out until both had been reported. So they oh. they couldn't look at each other. Like, you couldn't copycat because it wasn't even public yet. Right. And it was probably, it was like 30 miles away. So it's really hard, you know, for people to be in that area to know immediately. That you know, these guys seen a giant flying translucent manta ray. That's crazy. And we have our theories about, and this is where we like to take things. We have our theories about what these okay. what these yes. creatures are, and I think Justin really nailed it, or I do. I think he did of it being a an atmospheric creature, and. We think there's creatures that live in our atmosphere that we just don't know enough about or there's just not enough study done on them. And we think this creature may have been uh, filter feeding like the deep sea oh. uh, creature would do because the figure, eight, the figure eight pattern is a um, very efficient way to filter feed, probably the most efficient way to filter feed in yeah. the deep sea ocean. So basically the body pattern that matches with the manta ray, that's, what they, that's exactly how they feed. So that's called convergent mm. evolution. To where two separate entities can evolve the same body plan and the same behaviors to fit the similar niche. Uh, so it looked kind of like a manta ray. It moved kind of like a manta ray. Probably because it was doing the same thing a manta ray would do in the ocean, just in the air. Oh, wow. And then, after that story came out. Yeah, so after we published that story, I forget what episode it is. Somewhere season one on our show. Um, Long time ago. Yes. <laughs> um we had a listener email us this story out in Kansas, and I believe it was in the 90s. 2001. Uh, oh, 2001. So just, yes. 2001, he witnessed um, him and a lady friend he was with. They were on the hood of their car watching the stars, and they seen a figure that looked like a giant like airplane-sized manta ray flying over the tree line. And it um, translucent and everything, and they just seen, you know, just like basically the outline of it in it, but it didn't disturb the trees beneath it, almost just like it was just gliding oh. through. He could see it gently flapping, mm-hmm. but he said it wasn't disturbing the leaves and everything below it, so he didn't think its flapping was actually okay. to propel itself. Right. And he didn't know how to describe it, or he never really told anyone the story, because how do you describe this thing to someone that just doesn't even make sense, or you don't even think is even possible to be real? It's almost like a big giant flying ghost or something. But after wow. after he heard our episode, he just realized like that's exactly what he saw, and uh, sent us this whole long story He's a about good guy. He's still a member of the show and everything like that. Mm-hmm. We can't share any of his stuff because he asked us not to. But he 
really nice guy. But he looked over. One thing he did, so when he looked over, he was worried his friend didn't see it. And she was actually tearing up because of how impressive oh. the sight was. And I talked to him uh, over the phone and stuff, and he's kind of like seeing a whale. You know, just a whale out in the yeah. ocean. He wasn't. They weren't scared. They were more... In awe. In awe. Yeah, that's perfect. Wow. How close was that sighting? They were only a couple hundred yards from that thing, and it was the size of a Boeing. Wow. Um, and then the uh, Ohio River Manta Ray was probably uh, the closest. It was swooping over cars, so 30 or 40 meters. So, you know... Wow. That one was a lot smaller. That one, I think, was the size of like two or three cars. Yeah, it said about a little bit wider than the width of a road. Yeah. So the the, the guy that you talked to, his sighting was years before the ones in Ohio. Um, A few, like three years before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then we started doing more and more research, and they were seen all over the world. And Really? Okay, that's what I was going to ask. The UFO community kind of pushes them to the side because they're not the normal ufo right uh we actually had another one in williard ohio like in the 80s was that or no because it was the first williard ohio ufo not the second mm. but it was another manta ray shaped ufo and that was like in the 70s or 80s i can't remember don't have the show notes off the top oh. of my head so they've they are seen more commonly than people know but the ufo community kind of throws them out because they don't do anything like there's never right anything else with them they're not shooting tractor beams down they're pulling not grabbing up cows. people you know they're just kind right. of they're kind of you know upper atmospheric whales you know they mind their own business so if that's not bizarre enough there may be a whole biosphere up living creatures up above our heads <laughs> right so yeah that's terrifying when you think about it we just yeah <laughs> uh, nasa did a study in 2019 uh i used to make these things called hester dendies they're bacteria and bug hotels uh, basically, we, well, we used them to see what kind of life was present in systems. Uh, okay. So they got food in them. They got spaces to grow and stuff like that. We put a whole bunch okay. of these up in the upper atmosphere, and they were expecting to find up, like, their, their hard number was 14 species. They were expecting to find 14 species of various forms of life. Uh, after they did it, they found over 4,000 species, <gasps> and every Whoa. biological clade that doesn't have a spine is up there. So you have wow. plankton and jellyfish, like jelly. The cousins of jellyfish are up in the upper atmosphere. Really, Weird. I did not know that. So we're finding out more and more that the upper atmosphere is mimicking an open ocean environment. So we always like to say we've said it a couple times on the show, but we like to say we have the plankton, we have the small creatures. You're just missing the whales and the sharks. Right. And what if these big that is rays, wild? What these big rays could be, you know, the whales. Yeah, for sure. Have you two seen the movie Nope? Yes. I'm So I'm so glad we got our episodes out because they hit on a lot of stuff that's real. Uh, the organic that, that's UFOs. That's kind of what it reminds yeah. me of. Yeah. So yeah. We, were, we got it out first. We've said it. And I'm glad we did. Because <laughs> whoever made that movie knew, knows stuff that they shouldn't know. I've never heard about it. It's a good movie. It's a, what do they call yeah. them? Denim jacket? What the heck did they name I can't remember. They named the UFO I... something stupid. It was like denim jacket. Yeah. Uh, Weird. But yeah, the, the the clouds standing still in that. So some of these creatures actually mimic uh, clouds and stuff like that. Uh, we only know that we actually have a friend that's coming on the show relatively soon that's seen basically a cloud get knocked out of the sky, go through her neighborhood, and avoid during a tornado, 
and avoid touching all the houses and trees until it got to a spot where it could... She thought it dissipated, but it more sounds like a creature that was mimicking clouds panicked because it was in an environment like, I'm not supposed to look like a cloud down here. <laughs> got somewhere and changed to match the environment. Uh, we see that with cuttlefish uh, and stuff like that. Well, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, that, I that never makes thought me... about it like that before. Think about years ago, I was in Hawaii and driving down the road and got a picture of a cloud shaped like a dolphin. Mm. Upright, like it was jumping out of the water. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and see if I can find that picture in my photo albums because it was wild. You may have seen but an atmospheric jellyfish. I, exactly. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> if only I had known then mm -hmm. what I know now or don't know now. But <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But that, we we believe this is a very small percentage of UFO sightings are these organic animals or creatures. So a lot of them aren't animals. Uh, but yeah, there, it's definitely a phenomena. We've been asked to talk about it on a couple other shows and stuff like that because it's very unique. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't see. I mean anything's possible in this world and we don't know shit absolutely. about it. So, absolutely. So most people don't realize it like commercial jets, everything like that. They don't leave the troposphere. So the, the part of the atmosphere that we are in currently is the same part that commercial jets fly. So you can only see most of the time. It's like seven miles up. The trope doesn't end till about 50 miles up and human eye can only see 10 miles. So one of the big questions is everybody's like, well, if these giant things are flying around up there. Why can't we see them? Well, because they're 50 to 100 miles above your head. And you, right. you physically cannot see that far. And they're translucent to begin with. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're right. hard to see up close, let alone, you know, 50 miles away. Wow. Yeah, I'm lucky if I can see five feet away. <laughs> oh, I can't. Yeah, I'm yeah. blind. Yeah, we can both relate to that. I'm blind. I run yeah. into everything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so our world is bizarre. It is yeah, that. Very bizarre. For sure. Good tie-in, Jay. Yes. So now yes. let's see how brutal our world can so be. So I'm going to give you guys I'm going to give you guys an abridged version of the beast of the land between the lakes. I hate the name of it because it's a mouthful and I always mess it up. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, this is a very long story. We did about two hours on it, so I'm going to give you the highlights because okay. <laughs> this is the most brutal cryptid you'll probably ever hear about uh, just due to one story that's still an unsolved triple murder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and oh, shit. Yeah, the people in the area, like, and there's still police reports for this. Like, you can, everybody gets factual. But the Beast of the Lamb Between the Lakes is said to resign in uh, this area in Kentucky. Basically, it's a man-made area because the land between the lakes, it's actually a part of the river. They kind of made the river go straight. So this was a big bow in the river. So they made the river go straight, and they made two lakes out of it. So there's a state park in between. It's said since the, the early 1800s to have all kinds of dogmen. Uh, there was a story that this family moved in from Germany, and they were werewolves, and they ran this whole area. Oh. And it was kind sure. of a weird werewolf story because uh, – Nobody bothered him. Nobody. There was no pitchforks, no torches. People were literally terrified of this family, and partially it's because the As immigrants. Would I be. Yeah, partially because the immigrants uh, leaned into it pretty heavy, because uh, they didn't want to get messed with. 
partially is what you know. I think if they weren't really werewolves, you know, it's a good story. If you don't want to, if you want to be an immigrant that does not want to be messed with, now yeah, we're werewolves. We kill people, right? Yeah, right. For sure, your neighbors are not going to be coming nope. over looking for nope. sugar. Yep, nope. They that get... is so smart. Hey, Tom, your cow actually got in my field. It's okay though. I just <laughs> let you know where it was. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but no, Declan, yeah. you should try that with your uh, neighbor that likes to put notes on people's cars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she'll stop fucking with everybody. It's out crazy, the lady. Yes, for sure. Right, yeah. You got to be the scariest thing in the room. Oh, gosh. Emily, Absolutely. so we're famous for side stories. Uh, Emily, she is. Well, Emily's your wife. Yes. Oh, Emily is my wife. Thank you, Jay. I'm, I'm looking to make sure she's not on the other side of the door. Uh, <laughs> she's she lazy. is the worst driver ever. <laughs> so when we lived in an apartment before we bought the house, she parks atrociously. <laughs> and the guy below us is a law office. And he would start leaving notes on her car saying, if you can't park right, don't park here. All this oh. stuff. Oh, shit. But the one day he did it, and I think he had him pre-made because she was parked oh, nice. fine. <laughs> and I came out and I'm like, oh, she's not going to be happy about this one. Because normally she's like, if she's like on the line or something or, you know, whatever. She's like, all right, fine. This time she was parked perfect and there was still the note. And she was going to kill an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, be careful nice. with your notes. Yeah. Those are aggravating. <laughs> but yeah, so there was a lot of 18 and 19th century sightings in this area. Uh, it still has a lot of modern sightings. I'm going to cover the two really famous ones. Uh, one cool. involves the Scooby Doo gang. Oh, love Scooby Doo. Uh, but there have been several reports of close encounters with this creature into modern times. Most uh, The most frightening of these happened to a group of Murphy State University students who were camping in the land between the lakes in 1973. A group of young men were enjoying the woods in warm spring we- uh, a warm spring weekend, sitting around a fire they built by their VW microbus and generally having a fine time. As the evening began drawing in, one of the students went off into the woods to answer the call of nature. When he returned to the campsite, he told his friends that he felt like something was watching him and that he had heard something sniffing very aggressively nearby. His friend said that he just heard a wild hog or some other na- or natural animal. The student said he never heard anything like this before, and he grew increasingly nervous as darkness gathered in. As the night grew dark, a group of students or the group started to hear the sniffing sound and large movements of fallen leaves. It seemed to be circling the campsite, moving incredibly swiftly. The boys began to become very anxious. They shined their flashlight into the woods in all directions of the footsteps, but never could see anything. And then the howling began. In the wild, this wild, insane howling, like wolves, but much louder, much more of a barrel-chested animal, so much louder than any wolf could ever make. Its unnatural blood-curling quality made the howling sound almost like mocking laughter of that of a hyena. It seems to come from everywhere around them. First one side, they circled the lights, couldn't see anything. Then the other side. Soon, the terrified campers began catching glimpses of a pair of glowing eyes as they ran past in the dark. The terrified boys returned to their Volkswagen bus. They wisely decided not to stick around, or not to stick around to get a better view. Tearing down the road, as soon as they saw they were being pursued by a massive shadowy figure that was racing behind the bus, barely visible in the taillights. As the bus slowed to take a corner, they felt a massive jolt, and then it seemed as if something was holding on to the Volkswagen bus. 
giving it everything they got, they broke free and tore out of the forest and didn't stop until they went, got back to Murphy campus. Back on campus, the four found deep gashes like claw marks torn into the metal of the engine compartment covering the back of the bus. Holy shit. So this is the one of the most famous ones because uh, I believe Murphy College has it documented. Uh, they had pictures of the bus and stuff like that. Because uh, the guys, Whoa. the kids went straight back to this campus security and stuff. They were well shaken up. Yeah. I I don't know if I had an experience like that, if I would say anything, because I would fear that someone would think I just made it up. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen things and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not telling anybody anything about that. Because the last they, time I told somebody, they were like, shut the fuck up. Right. You're full of it. So this area they're coming from is known for this kind of activity. And their bus looked okay. like it was attacked by an axe. Wow, mm. shit. So they had some physical evidence to take back. To back right. Back. Well, yeah, then I would probably say something. Yeah. So was it a pack? Do they think it was a pack of these it, animals? It seems like there was, was a couple there, but the big one okay. is what struck onto the bus. Holy shit. No, thank you. So the... Uh, the next one is in the, like 1986, roughly. A lot of the names have been redacted uh, because of the brutality of this case. Uh, so everybody oh. at home, this is your five-star warning. It's about to get bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, a fam- it up. A family went camping. And I'm abridging oh. this. I know the story really well. But so 1986, uh, a family, dad, mom, and a three-year-old girl uh, went camping in the land between the lakes. And in this park, there are plenty of areas to camp, but some of the areas are basically like abandoned camping lots. I don't know if you guys have campgrounds like this where the whole Mm. state park has like maybe four sites here, a couple miles down the road, four sites, whatever. So the uh, the land between the lakes has this. So they picked this one that had nobody in it, and they were specifically told not to go to ones that were empty. But they just were like, want to get back to nature. All this stuff. I want to be away from the neighbors because they're now they're noisy little shits. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> in this case, you would have wished you had neighbors. <laughs> so they go down, set up. Uh, three days go by. They never check out. So finally, in th- you mm-hmm. know, authorities are basically going to go through the park and get them moving. When they get to the bus, uh, well, they get to the RV. It is covered in blood. And go. Oh, shit. They open the door. The dad is in the kitchen of the RV. He looks like he had been struck with an axe in the back and in the head about 30 times. Oh. His face was indistinguishable. It looked like a pulpy <gasps> mess. And that whatever axe was used went right through his rib cage and his back. Uh, Crap. So I'll get to the forensics of this case later because that comes back around. They couldn't find the mom and the girl. So they the then they figure out well they go to the back of the bus, the bathroom door is kicked in, and the mom is in the same state. She is just a bloody mess. Same axe like wounds to the face and into the chest. Uh, they're really freaking out because now they can't find the three year old girl. Mm-hmm. They widen the search outside. The, it's, she's not in the camper. They keep looking for her. A couple trees on the back of the property. They find half of her in one tree. <gasps> half of her in the other tree and her intestines oh. are strung in the tree like Christmas decorations. Oh, Whatever. like between the trees? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
And so oh. literally whatever did this was doing it as a sign of it was doing it deliberately. Wasn't an animal attack. So they were pretty sure they had an axe murderer. Uh, yeah. But here's the thing. I don't know if you guys know this with forensics. If you kill somebody with an axe, you leave either metal or you uh-huh. leave paint from the axe. Yeah. None right. of the wounds had any of this. It was almost like they were done no. by massive claws. <sighs> and the girl, uh, forensically, was twisted and ripped, it seemed, not cut. <gasps> so it was oh. more like a breaking a chicken's neck than actually cutting through a <sighs> child. I warned you. Yuck. Uh, so this is, and it happened in 1986. There are still police documents. You can find basically a really blacked out version of the police thing because they blocked out for, you know, mm. validity of the family and stuff like that because they were right. not far from the area. Uh, and there are still sightings to this day. There are gruesome other tales. The Land Between the Lakes has a lot of missing people. And oh. it is said that a pack of dogmen roam there, and it's specifically an ancestral hunting ground for these this pack of dogmen. And these little campsites that don't have anybody in them, there's a reason mm. nobody's in them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so little girl turned into Christmas ornaments. Oh, so the forensics, they the there were no metal shavings or paint or right. anything from everything that axe looked like an axe were attack. They able, with right, no were they sign. Able to find any like animal matter. So yeah, I don't know. I don't think they went into look into organics. I basically think okay. they were just like it must have. It was a weird axe. It had to be an axe. Uh, oh yeah. We have a history with the state or with the National Forest Service squishing these matters very quickly. <laughs> I've heard yeah. about that. Yeah. So it's still written up as a unsolved axe murder, where a mm-hmm. man apparently. I'm gonna assume it was a man because it'd be really weird. If it was a woman. Grabbed a little girl. Right. Twisted her apart. And pulled her apart, put her in. She was like 20 foot in one tree, 20 foot in the other tree with her guts strewn in between the trees. Oh, shit. Yeah, you imagine being that park employee? <laughs> no. I think I would, no, I think I'd retire. Yeah, I clean this yeah. up I definitely today. don't get I'm paid clean. enough to see Like, that. I found a girl in no. a tree today, and I found the rest of her in another tree. Yeah. I'm done. Clocking uh, out after yes, that. How's that Not for brutal? Back. Yeah. That's, that's. Yeah, that's very brutal. Very brutal. And like I said, sure. you can find actual documentation of this event. Uh, it's very hard. They like they keep it pretty quiet because uh, the lake, the area is still a very active campsite or camp, you know, state park. And it is crazy. You can go to this day, and there are areas that people avoid, like the plague. Yeah, and I'm not fucking going there. But the state <laughs> park will tell you the camp's full, even if they have those four or five sites open. Well, sure. Because they That's don't want to be finding body parts and <laughs> trees as Christmas lights anymore. Right. They freaking probably have a little RV camp lot somewhere. Like, there's another one. Go put it in the yeah. lot. Yeah. Add it to the pile. Oh, so that is my Ooh. brutal story. Fantastic. I mean, yeah, not, but... Very brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely haven't heard of that before. If you want, I can so. give you a happy chaser. Absolutely, yeah, we want sure. a chaser. I want a chaser from each of you. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Sam. Oh. I'm taking chaser. Sam. I'm already taking Sam. Oh, I don't know what. To so grab. we have a couple cryptids. Every conference we go to, we it's our favorite. So we know the stories very well. You know, we like to share them. Mm-hmm. So Sinkle Sam is one of our T-shirt arts. 
Uh, he looks big and scary, but he is the friendliest lake monster you will ever meet. So this was 1930s uh, in okay. Kansas. In Inman, Kansas. Yeah. It was, uh, I got the little page right there. Mm. But so this lake had a lake monster. This uh, it's a really tiny lake. It only had one boat launch and it had one cove as you'd go out. Uh, so people started seeing this giant serpent living in the cove. Over time, people started feeding it hot dogs and hamburgers and stuff like that. And he got really friendly. So the town named him Sinkhole Sam for, you know, well, they named him Sam first. But this town fell in love with this monster. Literally, there was, it was we, had, there was, we had like five or six paper articles about Sam in the local paper talking about how much they loved him. They had That's it cool. organized to make sure Sam had a chicken dinner every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> there is a little bit of a twist to the end of the story. So why he's called Sinkhole Sam is a sinkhole opened up in the lake, and the whole lake disappeared in like 15 minutes. Oh, shit. So the town was so distraught they lost their monster that they built a yeah. little, uh, basically like a memorial mound for him that has a little placard in it. But don't worry, Sam is most likely fine because a lake about 20 miles away the next year had a giant mysterious serpent show up into it. Oh, wow. So Sam just moved. Yeah. he That's the easiest move ever. He didn't have to pack (laughs) shit and call all of his friends and say, hey, can you help me move? Yeah, did it for him. But yeah, that whole area of Kansas is known for limestone caves. So it makes sense that uh, all the lakes were probably interconnected. Yeah, that so makes sense. That is the quick story of Sinkhole Sam, a monster that holds a special place in our hearts. Yeah, he does. That's awesome. <laughs> now, what's Very your chaser? Cool. I took I took Sammy. Shoot, I know. I don't. I'm trying to think of one that's not <laughs> scary or brutal or. Well, tell him about Ohio's Frogman. Oh, the Ohio Frogman. Yeah, that one's not scary or anything. No. So he um, didn't do nothing in Loveland, Ohio. There was this. Uh, well, it's called, he's called the Frogman now, but he was seen three separate times and three separate occasions, um, twice by law enforcement officials, right? And then yep. once by uh, traveling uh, salesmen. So the, the 54 was the, the traveling salesman. The 70s was the policeman. Gotcha. So the traveling salesman, what he saw when he was driving down the road, he seen like, I'd say about like a three foot tall um, creature with that resembled a frog's head. I'd say, because it had the big old eyes on him. And what he saw is this, he's seen three of them standing there. And they, he noticed, stopped his car, was watching them. And then they noticed, they turned and they saw him. And one of them had what was described, he described it as having a wand and with sparks shooting out of the end of it. And he turned, it turned and pointed it right at him. And he just took off. He was gone, which I would be too. Yeah. um, And then so Fast forward to like the seventies, was it seventy two or something? Um, uh, was this the local? It was the sheriff, I think. No, it was a deputy first, deputy and first. the sheriff is the one that has the biggest problem with the story. Yes, for sure. So they seen, um, just off the river there. What's the name of that river? Is that the Little Miami? Little Miami. Um, of a, a frogman type creature, jump up over the side rail, up over the road in front of his car, and then, and then just take off you know, off the other side of the road, back down the river. And they didn't see any, anything more than just that. And, uh, Oh my gosh. Um, and then, so the local sheriff, so they went to investigate and did they find, did they see something too? I can't, I'm trying to remember the they, story. So they found 
like scratch marks on the guardrail. On the guardrail, yep. Where it but climbs this is over. March in Ohio, so that's important for the story later. Yes. So March in Ohio, it's not. Uh, this is not a pleasant place to be. Correct. It's not warm weather, and uh, so what the sheriff then determined in his report what this creature was. It was just a big iguana that people were seeing. Well, they shot and killed it. And they shot iguana. and killed it and disposed of the body. They burned the body. They, they disposed- burned the body, never showed anybody. So there's no evidence of, of it. Of course. Right. So it was seen about of 100 course. times in that week in people's backyards oh. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I took over. No, that's okay. You, you yeah. got, you're the facts guy. I need to have it written down. Yeah, so they seen it about 100 times. Uh, the sheriff got sick of it. His law enforcement was getting made fun of, stuff like that. Uh, so they said it was an iguana that survived a week in March in Ohio. And so, then, and then did it oh, dispose of yeah. the body before anyone yeah. could see it. So an iguana in sure. Florida, when it drops below 65, they fall out of the trees. This right. thing was hopping yeah. fences. It was getting in trash cans. It was, you know, and it was probably like it was 20 degrees, three foot tall. Okay. So they said it was three a tailless iguana. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, <laughs> somebody grabbed him by his tail, so he dropped it, and he's yeah. like, "I gotta keep going." Oh, so with that <laughs> sheriff, he has reneged on his story three times. Oh. So he said, "Nope, it was real." Then he, about ten years after that, he's like, "Nope, it was all fake." And then ten years after that, "Nope, it was an iguana." I was right the first time. But but it oh, never shit. it never did hurt anybody. Whatever it was, no, it was just a it was just a thing. It was just a thing that was there, and we th- we theorized maybe it came from the river system or local like local cave system, um, just something wow. that's living down there. Because Kentucky, just south of us, has a lot of stories of these frog like men. Uh, so it seems like he may have been a Kentucky native, and he was moved up to Cincinnati. So are they bipedal? Kind of these frog men. Yeah, they've seen they've been seen standing, but it's like when they need to go, they hop like a frog. Oh, okay. so semi bipedal, I'd say. Like when he was first time seen with the wand, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it is. And yeah. we're actually attending the very first Frogman Festival. Oh, uh, I got to pay for that next year. Um, oh, that'll be fun. <laughs> next season, <laughs> or next year sometime That's March, awesome. March or April, some one of those That's times. March. Yeah, March, April, South Carolina. So they they have a whole festival around. It's a it's a local beloved creature it, it, to Ohio. Wow. Now the actual town itself does not embrace this oh, gosh. thing. So Loveland is a really high dollar town. Yeah, and they hate they don't their frog. want frogmen there. But no. everywhere else around them is like frogman, frogman. Everyone loves the frogman. <laughs> it would be such a good football team. Oh, it would be a little frogman mascot. They don't, they don't play football. That's beneath them. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, there's a there's a couple there's chasers. chasers. Perfect. Perfect. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So we need to end we need to end the way you end yours. Okay. With our two steps. All right. So step or one. Final step. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, that's our two major social media sites. Uh, we are constantly giving stuff away. So everybody hop on there. I know I don't know when this comes out, but we'll we're probably giving stuff away. Uh, we get stuff sent to us. We buy stuff to give away. So we have a lot of that stuff. It's fun. Come on. And we're on all your podcatcher yeah. apps and all that Spotify, Apple. If you listen to a pod, if you're listening to this, you can find us on this, whatever site this is on. Correct. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it for that stuff, right? Yeah. Perfect. I don't think we have anything else, do we? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> and then, do you want us all to scream? Absolutely. Yep. All right, so I'll have you count then. Okay, are we ready? Yeah. Three, uh. two, one. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening and supporting our podcast. We would love for you to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to give us a five-star rating, we would forever be grateful. You can contact us at our email via thebrutalandbizarre at gmail.com or on our Instagram at thebrutal underscore bizarre underscore boozy.